Podcast Answer Man, episode number 422. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi there, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and there's only one guy I trust to answer my questions about podcasting. And that is, of course, the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, this week's episode, I am going to take a different approach to what I want to share with you. And one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately is making notes of insights and ideas that I want to internalize, apply to my life, and one day, hopefully, turn around and share as valuable insight and wisdom for other people that I might help down the road. And and the easiest example of that is to actually take these notes, put them in Evernote, and then turn around and share them right here in the very next week in a podcast episode. And that's what I'm going to do today. In fact, I'm going to be sharing with you some insights that I got from Michael Hyatt's podcast and also an older episode from Michael Stelzner. Before I actually start sharing this with you, I want to just give you this idea uh, and hopefully inspire you to do something similar, to start taking more copious notes about things that you think might be valuable as resources in the future. Now, where does this come from, the idea for me? I know that in the future, I'm going to be leading some workshops. For example, one of the workshops that I have in my mind that will be announced in the near future will be a workshop weekend for creating an online business. It's going to be designed specifically for people who are just getting started in building an online brand or an online identity around a specific niche or something like that. Through... Uh, let's say an entire two-day event here in my studio space that I've built, I would walk them through various topics that would be necessary for them to learn to be able to shorten the learning curve of all the things I learned the hard way in my business. And things that I'm thinking about is like topics like pricing and different streams of incomes are possible. And product sales for both digital and physical products and tax identities. You know, are you an LLC or an S-Corp or an S-Corp election on an LLC? And what is all of that stuff? And who do you hire to find out? And how do you handle accounting and virtual assistants and uh, systems and all of these other things that I've learned the hard way over the years? I'd love to just boil down and and give so much valuable information and insight in an entire workshop weekend. A ton of stuff that I am thinking that I would love to share in a scenario like that, 
I can pull from my own experience. But you know what? Here's the deal. There are other people that I know who have either talked with me personally and shared their stories with me, people that I'm in a mastermind with, but then there are my business advisors, and then there are those that I listen to who also have podcasts and have written books, and I am consistently taking in a lot of valuable information from other people's experience as well. And what I've decided is that not only do I want to do workshop weekends in the future, but I want to do more group coaching, kind of like what I do with podcasting A to Z, but probably on a different topic and something a little bit more broad and and more next level, if you will, for people who already have a podcast. I am even thinking about some future book ideas and, and things like that, but all of these different things that I know that I want to do in the future will rely and, and, and depend upon having a good documented resource of information and wisdom that I can pull from to share and teach in these various different areas and venues. And I, I know that I've covered before, where do you find content for your show? That's been a topic that I've addressed before, but more than anything, I'm this isn't necessarily Where do you find it? This is what do you do when you have information that comes and and how are you documenting it in such a way that it makes sense? So some of you are, I'm sure, are familiar with Evernote. For those of you who aren't aware of how Evernote works, I'm going to use language that applies to Evernote and I'm also gonna try to explain it using that same terminology that actually works with just a notebook. So if you could just imagine a notebook where at the front of the notebook, you you turn to the first page and you leave maybe the first two or three pages blank and it's your table of contents. I have a notebook and if you open up the notebook, there are all kinds of notes in it and notes are the pages of the notebook. Of course, with Evernote, it's all digital and because it's digital, you can swap pages around and copy and paste and, and reorder things and it makes it a whole lot easier to to manipulate data when it's in a digital form like Evernote than it does on a physical notebook. But just imagine this, I I open up a notebook and I turn it to page one or the very first note and I call it table of contents. And then what I would do in my table of contents is I would write down a list of topics for which I want to have resources on. And I actually have this notebook in here, what do I call it right now? teaching resources. And so if I turn to the table of contents, and I'll just read a couple of these in alphabetical order. This is certainly not the entire list. But topics that I would love to teach on are fear. Let me just tell you, the first year of doing my own business, there's one word that stands out among everything else, and that is fear. So much fear. It was like overwhelming fear. Anxiety, if you want to call it that as well, especially the two months leading up into making that decision to take it on full time. But certainly, even once I had it and and I was going after it, fear creeped up around every single corner. And I have learned a lot about fear. And so it's going to be a topic in my table of contents. The next one, goals. Now, goals weren't necessarily as important to me in the early days of my business because I really didn't give much thought to goals. Setting them, the importance of setting them, how to set them, and not only that, but how to achieve them. And today, 
I can tell you that if I would have known my first year what I learned maybe two or three years into my business about setting goals and then how to achieve them, wow, that first year probably would have been a lot different. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I wouldn't go back and change a thing because I learned so much through the struggles and obstacles that I had that first year that I can hopefully help people avoid in the future. But here's the deal. I know a lot about goals. I know how to achieve goals. And now that would be a topic that I would certainly want to talk about in the future. Another topic, limiting beliefs. This is something that's very uh, important to me. It's about expanding your mindset of what's possible and what usually holds us back is we actually have these things that we believe that are only true because we allow them to be true in our life. They, they limit our ability to achieve the next level. I would do another topic, money. I would love to teach people about the things that I've learned about money. I want to talk about the idea of the overnight success being a myth that it is. And what is overnight success and working hard? That's a topic that I want to teach on. And then in this table of contents, I would write pricing. I would want to talk about the mindset of pricing your products and your services and why it's important to charge money for the things that we do and and why it's important that we give a lot of thought about how much we charge for what we're doing. And also the idea of seeking advice. Now, I've gone into Evernote, created this notebook called Teaching Resources. I'm building this knowledge base of topics that I'm arranging in this table of contents, and what I'm writing are the list of topics for which I want to be able to share what I've learned or experienced myself with others in the future in various different content or other products and services that I will offer in the future. So you go down the list and every topic that I want to have information on, I create a note. And inside that note, I then will put insights, wisdom, thoughts, stories, examples, quotes, anything that would be a valuable resource to that particular topic, I will come and put it into that particular note. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes I'll hear a story or I'll hear somebody teach something in a podcast or I might even grab an audio clip from it and I'm thinking, wow, that applies to money, that applies to pricing, and that applies to multiple streams of income. And one of the reasons why I like to do this digitally is because I can go to the very first one and say, okay, let's put this in money. And I type out all the information and say, this is the resource of where I originally found this information. Here's an audio clip that I took out of that. And this is what I'm most interested in and what appealed to me the most. And here's my notes and that I've written as it relates to what I want to share specifically as a result of this. I copy it and then also paste that same information under multiple strings of income and under pricing as well. And what I'm doing is I'm consistently building this knowledge base. Now, this is something that I wish I would have started doing years and years ago. But I have to admit to you, I'm just now getting around to doing this. And now that I'm doing this, I will say this, that it makes consuming content a little bit more time-consuming. But it's okay. I think it's so much more valuable. And to give you an idea of some of that, I've decided to go ahead and take Podcast Answer Man today, and the majority of this episode is going to be sharing with you some things that I learned this past week from two different podcast episodes that I listened to. 
So, for example, we're going to talk about first Michael Hyatt's podcast, This Is Your Life. The title of Season 5, Episode 9 of This Is Your Life podcast was called Banish the Guilt About Making Money. And then, of course, I will have a link to this episode in the show notes because guess what? In my resource manual here, I have the original link to the resource. And in the podcast, he gave four compelling reasons that we should do it for the money and feel great about it. Number one, it gives us a pro mindset. It automatically improves the quality of whatever we're offering when we go from being an amateur to being a pro. And I can tell you that when I started charging money, and specifically even when I increased my rates, the more that I increase my rates, the more that I improve the quality of what I'm doing. I feel this obligation, if I'm actually charging at a pro level, then the quality of what I'm offering has to increase to the pro level as well. The second compelling reason why you should do it for the money and feel great about it, Michael says it improves our customer's experience. It allows you to have more to be able to create a better quality product, service, and so forth. Also, the truth is is that unless people have something invested, they don't value any given thing. And then the third compelling reason he gave was it allows us to provide for our families. And then the fourth thing is that it allows us to impact the world. Having the financial income from doing the work that we do by charging for it, it does allow us to provide for our family, but it also allows for us to provide for our mission in the world. Great episode from Michael Hyatt. I encourage you to go and check out season five, episode nine, It's called Banish the Guilt About Making Money. Did I just share with you all of the basic fundamentals of what you're going to learn in that episode? Yes. But here's what I wanted to share with you is I took these written down notes and in the future, if I'm having a coaching call with somebody and they say, listen, I'm I'm just really struggling charging for this. I feel like it just feels weird charging money for this. All I need to do is go to my resource manual and look up money and then I'm going to go to that note And then I'm going to see, oh, yeah, you know what? Let me tell you about these four compelling reasons why you should do it. And I'll have this as a resource. And, of course, I can point them back down to that particular episode in the future and link back to it. So that's one thing that I listened to this week. It was uh, Michael Hyatt's podcast, and it was amazing. Those are things that in the past I would have just listened to it. I'm like, yep, I agree with that. Yep, I agree with that. Yep, I agree with that. And would I have had that as information in the future? I probably would have had the mindset about some of those things. But would those four exact reasons, would I be able to recall them so crystal clear? No. But now that I have that, that's just going to be one of many resources in that one note for the topic of money. And I absolutely love that. Now, I was listening to another podcast this week from Michael Stelzner. Now, this is an interview that he did with Seth Godin. This was published back on February 6, 2015. Now, I will have a direct link in my show notes at podcastanswerman.com slash 422. Oh, and by the way, the name of Michael Stelzner's podcast that I listen to is called Social Media Marketing. He does have another one for Social Media Examiner, and it's kind of like a, it's an audio version of their 
their most recent blog posts. But this one is hosted by Michael and he did an interview with Seth Godin. And for this one, I felt compelled and I wrote down in my Evernote that I need to go and pull three different audio quotes from this episode. I wanna play for you this note about overnight success. This is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. There are so many people that have come to hire me and they say, Cliff, you know, my goal is I, I, you know, I don't really have an online presence right now. I'm just now setting up Twitter and a Facebook account. Um, I've been blogging for about three to six months, but I've seen all the success. I, I see what you've done, what Pat Flynn has done, what Michael Hyatt has done and all these other people. And I'm so Excited, and I'm I'm an I I consider myself to be an expert in this particular field, and I think I have a lot to offer, and so I want to also create a podcast. And here's my goal: I want to be able to leave my full time career within the next six to twelve months and have my full time income be replaced by these online efforts. I don't have an online following. I haven't really done anything online up until now, and I just want to within a year I want to have a full time income from these online efforts. I, I wanna be able to do what you guys did. And I'm like, wait a second, we didn't do this. We, you know, my story isn't that, you know, I I, I started podcasting and, and then next year I had full-time income. No, I was doing this part-time as a hobby for two years before I left my career in insurance. And I was doing it, you know, basically 40 hours a week of insurance work and 40 to 60 hours a week of podcasting for two years before I finally decided to go full time. And not only that, but the skills and the online community building and and things like that, people don't take into account that before I ever recorded my first podcast episode, I had been doing online forums, I had been doing blogging since 1996, I had been reaching out to people through email newsletters, then that goes all the way back to the mid-90s, and I was doing bulletin board services, and I was the community system operator, uh, and just all of these different things that I've done in the past that has brought me to the place where I am today. And I loved a question that Michael Stelzner asked Seth Godin, and he and it all came down to, he said, Seth, you know, here's the deal, you're doing this special thing with your book, and you're selling it direct, you can't buy it on Amazon, but other people are wondering, you know, well, th- he's doing that because he's Seth Godin, and I love this conversation, I'm going to play the audio clip for you right here. What I hear you saying is by taking the book out of the Amazons of the world where you can go on and peek inside and all that kind of stuff, what you've done is you created intrigue, it sounds like. And I'm guessing that because you have such a massive following, Seth, that a lot of people bought this book because of you. And I'm just wondering whether or not that model is repeatable for someone who is not Seth Godin. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, see, I love that question because I keep trying to do things out loud in public to help people understand that very few of the things I do work because I am, quote, Seth Godin, unquote. Mm. So it's not like I called up someone at Penguin or Jeff Bezos at Amazon and said, let's do some special project together. Every single thing I did was available to everybody. Hemlock, my printer, Shopify, my uh, software people, anyone could have done this. The difference is I spent... 15 years building a following and trust on my blog, exactly. which everyone can also do. Right. Right. The fact is, I don't know where you, you know, if you went to some fancy business school or not, but you have a following too. And 
building a following is something I have been encouraging people to do for 20 years. And a lot of people said, yeah, that's fine, but I'd rather take a shortcut and have someone pick me. Mm. And now over and over and over again, we're seeing that the pickers, the curators are leaving the building. That you will not get picked by Oprah because Oprah's not on uh, daytime TV like she used to be. And you will not get picked uh, by Casey Kasem because Casey Kasem has passed on. And you and go down the list. The people who are waiting to pick you keep disappearing. And the game is going to people who are picking themselves. So, yes, I am an overnight success with this book, and it only took me 20 years to do that. But if you want to follow in these footsteps, the way you do it is you delight 10 people. And you delight 10 people in a way that gets those 10 people to tell 10 more people. And then you have 20 people, or maybe if you're lucky, 100. And you repeat, and you repeat, and you repeat, and you feed the community, and you lead the tribe, and you share as generously as you can. And at some point, your audience will say to you, we would like something else from you, and we will pay you for it. But that's the last step. And you don't do it because you can make a living doing it. You do it because you need to make the change you desire in the world. Wow. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, I've got to go get that audio quote. So much value there. This is one of those things where there's no way I could just listen to that and say, yes, I agree, and then just let it go. I am so thrilled with the idea that I'm creating this valuable resource because now I've created a note in my resource guide called Overnight Success. And guess what? I have other things in there. You guys have heard me many times talk about the quote from Rework. If you want, you can find it at gspn.tv slash overnight. I'm not gonna read it here because I've read it a million times, but if you just go to gspn.tv slash overnight, you can see a screen grab of a book from Jason Fried, and it's got the myth of the overnight sensation quote that I've used over and over again. And this quote from Seth Godin is something that, man, just how valuable is it gonna be for me to have this to pull from? And I also transcribed the important notes that I got out of it. So I love what he says. He says, very few of the things that I do work because I am Seth Godin. Every single thing I did is available to everyone. Anyone could have done what I've done here. He says, the difference is that I've spent 15 years building a following and trust on my blog, which everyone else also can do. I've been encouraging people for 20 years to build a following, but many say, yeah, that's fine, but I'd rather take a shortcut. I'd rather have someone pick me. And he says, listen, over and over again, we're seeing that the game is going to those who pick themselves. The people who are doing the picking are no longer there. He says, yes, I am an overnight success with this book, but it only took me 20 years to achieve this status. He says, if you want to do this, you want to follow in these footsteps, start by delighting 10 people in such a way that gets those 10 people to tell 10 other people. Then you have maybe 20, or if you're lucky, maybe even 100. And you repeat and you repeat and you feed that community and you lead that tribe and you share generously as you can. And at some point, your audience will say to you, we would like something else from you and we will pay you for it. But that's the last step. You don't do it because you can make a living doing it. You do it because you need to make a change that you desire in the world. I have all of that 
instantly available to me at any time in the future that somebody says, you know, I just want to be able to achieve what you guys have done in such a short period of time. And, you know, it's it's 20 years for Seth Godin. It's not just the last 10 years for me. It's it, It's the 10 years before that. Another thing that came out of that interview, seeking advice from others. I can tell you one of the key principles of my success has been seeking wisdom and advice from others. In fact, I believe if I go over to my resource guide, table of contents, I see that I have a note here called seeking advice and there are two scriptures that I had always had up on a bulletin board in my old studio, in my old office, in the house that I lived in previously. And these two scriptures were both from Proverbs. The first one is Proverbs 15, 22, and it says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. The second one is, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. And so two biblical principles for me were the idea of seeking the advice and wisdom and counsel of others. Not necessarily following the advice of every single person, but certainly seeking wisdom and getting different points of view, different perspectives. And I've always made it a point to have a mastermind group. I've always had a board of advisors, people that I turn to who have achieved areas and levels of success that I hope to one day achieve and seeking the advice of those folks. And I've sought the advice on different ideas for products and services, as far as pricing of products and services, and different directions I want to go with my life and my business, and so many different decisions that I've faced that I've actually turned and sought advice from others. And I can tell you that I've had people who have given, that I know, trust, and admire, that have given me advice in one area that says, you know what, definitely don't go there, you should do this instead, and somebody else who is extremely successful as well went the opposite way in their advice, but I still got to hear the differing opinions, and occasionally some of them will all be on the same board, but but I was just so blown away in this same episode where I was so excited about something that Seth Godin said that that he said something else when he was asked about, you know, what do you... You know, when you are approaching a new idea for a book, do you seek advice from peers? And this is what uh, how that conversation went. And I don't agree with what came out of this. So you get this itch, and you must get a lot of itches because I know I get a lot of itches. I mean, how do you? Is there some sort of a? Do you test the itch out by talking to some of your peers about the idea, or do you just dive in and go for it? I uh, I find that my peers are always wrong. And so I don't talk to my peers Mm. about what I hope to do next Uh, because people either tell you what they think you want to hear or they tell you the truth. And the truth that they tell you is, I'm afraid for you because uh, you're about to do something that's scary that might not work. And I certainly don't want to be responsible for encouraging you to do that. So no, don't do it. That's one sort of feedback you get. Or the other feedback you get is great, 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 go do it. And they will say that to anything you suggest. Right. You know, I want to make energy bars with crickets in them. Oh, yeah, great. I'd love energy bars with crickets in them. Go do that um, because they want to just end the conversation. So, no, that's not how I do it. So, there you go. And and he says he doesn't do it. He doesn't ask or seek the advice of his peers or 
and, and not necessarily my peers, but I would say my mentors and, and stuff like that. But I still, I have experienced a lot of what he's saying. I've had people who will just tell me, yes, Cliff, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Uh, and they, they really aren't, you know, invested one way or the other. I've had people who are invested, in, you know, just in wanting to see me succeed who have said, don't do it. You know, whatever you do, don't do that. I don't think that's going to work for you. And maybe some of that was their fear of if it doesn't succeed, they don't want to be on the hook for having encouraged me to do it. I do see that as a potential for some of that advice. And when you're seeking advice, you don't take the fact that these things happen as a reason to not seek advice or to seek the wisdom and counsel of others, but instead you want to make sure that you understand what is the motivation of their advice? Why are they sharing this? Do they have experiences that they can draw upon? And and even if they do have experiences that make it true for them, is that necessarily something that would, you know, w- would those same circumstances apply to you? And, and you have to discern, but oftentimes I find that it's the various different forms of perspective that I can't see all from myself from where I sit that helps me make more wise decisions. You know, I have had, I'll give you an example. There is one person in my mastermind group where I said, I want to do this thing in my business. I'm thinking about launching this and I'm really excited about it. I see somebody else who's done this and it's working great for them. And I just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were on things that I could offer of value to be a part of this where people would pay to be a part of this product or service that I'm, I'm thinking about creating. And I had one particular person say, Cliff, no, you definitely don't want to do that. Here's three reasons why I would highly recommend that you avoid this because I've seen other people do this and it, it's just never worked out. And in fact, I, just time and time again, I see that it's just eventually they all go away. I can't think of any that I've seen that, that I could point to that has been a success. Now, here's the deal. I took that advice and I changed my direction, but it wasn't that advice alone. There were other factors in why I decided not to pursue that particular thing at the time. However, what I can tell you is that the same person who told me that, eight months later, when it was their time in the hot seat, they came and says, guys, I gotta tell you something. I know that in the past I've been really down on this particular idea or stream of income but I'm thinking about launching this type of product or service and I would like to get your guys' opinion on it. And it was exactly what I was proposing to do, not in the same field or anything like that. So it wasn't like he was trying to keep me from being a competitor by any stretch of the imagination, but it was the method. It was the stream of income. It was the type of product. It was the type of service that, that he's like, I found an example that I really like and I think this might work for me. And and so, yeah, it, it, the advice that you get for others, it, it isn't something you just take and go with it, but I still think it's valuable to seek the advice from multiple people and multiple perspectives. And my thought on this is that I disagree with what Seth said, but I still wanted to get the audio quote because number one, I think it's interesting that he says that he doesn't seek advice, but I wanted to pull out the reasons why, you know, people will tell you things because they're afraid for you or afraid to give you, to encourage you in that area when you might fail. And, and, and yeah, these are things to be on the lookout for. So under the topic in my resource of teaching materials, 
when it comes to seeking advice, yes, I'm going to now have those scriptures that I've always pointed to. I'm going to have the examples of having business advisors. I'm going to have the example of mastermind groups and the things that have come out of it. But I'm also going to have the warning of what to look out for and the reason why some people choose not to, including this little quote that I got from Seth Godin in an interview he did with Michael Stelzner, which here's the original resource uh, where I got this clip from. Anyway, interesting stuff. I, you know, again, I love the whole idea here of taking these things that I'm learning from content that I'm consuming, whether I'm reading books and highlighting them. The whole idea is what am I doing with these highlights? What am I doing with the content that I'm consuming in these podcasts? I want to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to make a note and make myself some notes so that that I have this information easily searchable and in the future easily shareable for other resources that I may create in the future. So I encourage you guys out of this entire episode to begin creating your own knowledge base of wisdom and insight of things that you're learning so that you can turn around and one day create products and services inspired by all the things that you're experiencing in your own life, writing in your own stories, your own experiences, but also the things that you're learning from others. And well, folks, before I go, I do want to play for you one testimonial from a person who has gone through podcasting A to Z, Gregory Bailey, and here is what he had to say about his experience with my podcasting A to Z training course. Hello, I'm Gregory Bailey with the Denim Rivet at DenimRivet.com, and I wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you about Cliff Ravenscraft's podcasting A to Z course. You know, recently I was a bit on the fence as to whether or not I should even enroll in podcasting A to Z. But let me tell you now that I've gone through the program, I'm extremely happy that I did enroll and actively participate in the course. You know, podcasting A to Z now to me has been one of the best professional development and personal brand development programs I've ever gone through. That's why if you're soon to launch your own podcast, or even if you're trying to take your existing podcast to the next level, I highly recommend and encourage you to enroll in podcasting A to Z. Wow. Those words mean a great deal to me, and it's exactly what I try to do with each and every one of my students who go through this course. Did you hear what he said? He says, this is the best professional development and personal development investment he's made. And that is exactly the goal that I have for every student to walk away and think this was the hands down single best online course or investment in their professional and personal development. And I am so blessed that this is the kind of feedback that I get from all of my students. If you are thinking about launching a podcast or you would just like to have access to me as your personal coach for four entire weeks, This next session of Podcasting A to Z is coming up right around the corner here on Monday, October 26th. Now, as I'm recording this today, I already have 16 students signed up and paid for, and I only have 14 spots available. Also, this is the final session of 2015, and it is the final session where you can get in for only $19.99. Effective my next session, the price goes up to $29.99. So again, if you have been thinking about taking podcasting A to Z, now is the time to take action. Head over to podcastinga2z.com and sign up today. Again, I would love the opportunity to be your personal coach for those four weeks. Podcastingatoz.com. And with that, my friends, I thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am so excited 
about what the next year has in store, and I'm looking forward to sharing more valuable insights into what I'm going to be up to and new products and services that will be launching soon. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you're doing in life to the next level. Helping you take everything you do to the next level.